them newcomers. <laughs> the tradition of Festivus begins with the airing of grievances. I got a lot of problems with you people. Now, you're going to hear about it. You. Welcome to this week's St. Louis Red Army podcast. Uh, with me is Matt Hutchison and Ryan Cassout, uh, our typical host, uh, Red Oldham is out on assignment. Uh, we like to start this week's show with uh, this month in United history. We haven't done it in a while. Uh, October 1945, the impending uh, resumption of football after World War II led to a managerial appointment of Matt Busby. Um, he took the reins on October 1st. Uh, he played second place finishes in 1947, 48, 49, FA Cup victory in 1948. In 1952, he won the first division league title. Um, pretty impressive. A guy that we can build our club around. What do you guys think? Yeah, I mean, it's pretty exciting thing to be talking about, you know, thinking about Matt Busby, you know, the, that everything in terms of the size of the club and, and the success all, all came from him and for, for the, for the Munich air disaster to happen and, and to have several players die and, and basically have to start over, he, you know, he was a huge part of that recruiting guys and, and bringing it back on and, you know, you look at clubs like City and, and Arsenal, so much of their success is, is because of, of money being pumped in. Um, you know, we, we created our own money. We created our own success. So, And, and that all goes back to, to Matt Busby. So a pretty cool thing to celebrate this month. Brian, what are your thoughts on the Busby and the Busby boys, the, that whole thing that began this month in, in 1945? It's spectacular when you think about it. I can't remember the movie, <clears throat> excuse me, that I watched. I believe it was on either Amazon Prime or Netflix kind of a while back. God, I wish I could remember the name of that movie. But um, it's fantastic if you go back and look David at David Tennant was in that too. Yeah, just the what kind of shocked me is, you know, we were pioneers going into Europe, um, playing those matches and just how um, the English FA just could not, couldn't care less about us. Um, couldn't care less about that. We had to go to, over to Europe to play matches. They would play us two days later. But um, it kind of took a disaster like that just to really rally the entire city around, right, or the club. And that's just uh, the flowers of Manchester and a flame that will never go out for the boys that we lost. So awesome stuff. So moving on from that moment, we're going to talk about uh, Sunday's match against Newcastle. Um, there's not not a lot to be excited about. Um you know, it, it, it was kind of the game. Um, it, it, walking into it, Newcastle has always kind of drew us fits. I, I remember this because, you know, I would sit next to Dane Watkins, who we had on last week, and I remember him ripping his shirt off and celebrating. I just got a small tease at the Amsterdam today. I, I saw a little bit of belly, a little bit of <laughs> midriff. <laughs> you know, you know if, we're lose, if we're going to lose, let's lose big. Um, you know, your thoughts on the match, I, I thought – we look tentative, we look scared, but we're not a team that should look that way. Um, I shared the player ratings with you guys. Who do you think was, you know, graded unfairly? Who do you think was graded, um, you know, properly? Give me your thoughts on the match, gentlemen. Uh, we'll start with uh, Ryan over there. This was actually the first match I couldn't watch. I was heading back um, from the Lake of the Ozarks with my buddies and uh, thank God they wanted me to drive. Otherwise, I would have had to watch that all the way through. But um, I wanted this to be a response game just from what we had going on in Europa. I knew after this match we would have an international break and then Liverpool. So you wanted some good feelings to go in that match. And really the only moment you can talk about is Harry Maguire missing the goal. And that's, 
I know Newcastle's matched up to us well, but and God bless Dane, but they're not a good team this year. They're not. Bef- and and before, before, yeah, before going into the had, match, sorry. going into the match, he was he was worried about their team getting relegated, and then they beat us one nothing. Right. Um. You right. you mentioned McGuire. He had the most touches within the box, mostly off of set pieces, and he, he missed a couple sitters. That can't. Yeah, and it just can't be on you know a fullback scoring these goals here before going into the match. Newcastle scored four goals, four, and that's just it's it's getting to a point where it's like you really don't know what to think or what to expect. But here's the thing. I'm I'm sure we'll touch on all this later, but more than what the stats show and really breaking down the game is you'd be a little bit more at ease. If there is any effort shown with this team at all or any identity or idea of what they're doing, none of that was shown. It wasn't even a match of two halves, what we've been talking about for the last couple of years. It was a match of no halves. Matt, what are your thoughts on the game? Yeah, so, you know, you look at the match ratings, I mean, it says it all. The, 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 the worst scores by far were in the midfield. You know, you look at McTominay and you look at Fred and you look at Pereira and it's just, it's twos and threes. And, and that's just the state of affair right now with Manchester United. You know, we've, we've got one midfielder that we can feel confident about and it's Pogba. And we're having to throw him out there in a position where he's not even able to be his best. And in this game, because of injury, we couldn't even play him. So you're left with a bunch of pieces out there that, that aren't clicking whatsoever. Um, we're, we're finally seeing uh, a conclusion on, on what Fred's going to be in the Premier League, and that's absolutely nothing. You know, we, we opened the show up with the, uh, the, the clip from Seinfeld with the area grievances. And uh, sorry, guys, if you're listening, you're hoping to hear something positive. I just don't think you're going to hear anything positive tonight because it's just it was an absolutely pathetic performance all around. You know, we're, when we talked to Dane last week, I asked him, you know, where do you think Newcastle is going to finish this season? And without hesitation, he said relegation. He, we're going to get relegated, and it's going to be a comfortable relegation. He doesn't even think that they're going to be fighting to, to stay up, you know, around that, you know, the, the fourth to bottom spot. And so for us to go away and, and, and to play there, you think, well, you know, game on the road, like, I don't care. You know, we, we, we spent so much money on, on all these players, and we spent so much time trying to rebuild. And you go out there, and it's just another garbage performance, and it's it's absolutely frustrating. And and at the end of the day, it all boils down to there's no plan from from Woodward, there's no plan from the board. They're just buying players willy nilly, and and this is what we're getting. And I I agree with you on that one. I mean, after the game, uh, Ole says, and I'm I'm going to paraphrase here: players are thinking twice on what's natural for them at the moment. It doesn't flow for us. Uh, the, the runs are a second too late. I, I, I'll say they're not making the runs. You know, they, uh, there's a lot of tension out there. It looks like Liverpool in February, and we're Manchester United sitting here in October. Um, you know, is, is it the players second-guessing him? Is it too much pressure on themselves? What do you think it is? Is it lack of leadership on the field, off the field? You know, what's going on with the boys? Well, I think – I mean, everybody is trying to blame the board and everything like that. Well, the board's given you Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. The board went and bought you three young players. That's what the fans have wanted. And I know it's, you know, there's definitely up there to blame. Everybody could go on and on about the Glazers and Woodward. But when are people going to start talking about Ole Gunnar Solskjaer? I support the man. I support who's ever Manchester United coach until they're gone. But 
when is it, you know, when our questions going to start flowing his way? We're not playing well. They're second guessing themselves. Well, who's that down to? We're not a great club. We don't have a great squad, but we're a good squad. We shouldn't be struggling against Newcastle and Europa teams that nobody's ever heard of. Not whatsoever. Of course, we're facing all these injuries and everything like that, but this also comes from a guy who's completely happy with the squad. He was completely happy with it. He didn't say anything against it. And we know that, you know, he's just not putting on a show because other coaches, Van Hall, Jose Mourinho, have said, we're not happy with the squad or happy with transfers. So it's not like you can't say a thing. So not trying to go all against him. And I'll just put one little positive spin on there for our buddy who wanted some positive things. We're not that far from top four. If we put together three wins, I don't know where they're going to come from. Not against Liverpool, but maybe after that, we could put ourselves back up there. The ship can be rightened. It's just unfortunately right now we're not seeing it again. But we're closer to relegation. That's, that's what's scary. Yeah, well, that's, that, that, is what, that is what's scary. But, um, you know, once we get our guys back, we'll see. And I think everybody knew that this would happen. We just hope we weren't going to be found out until a little bit later in the year. Well, and, and Ole in his post-game comment said, hey, we started with 11, we're down to five. So do, what confidence does he, does he have in that statement to, you know, what he's got to play with? And this this summer, we went out and got the defenders that Josie wanted for two seasons. Yeah. See, here's the thing. And though. I think – and I and who's to say – and everybody would just keep saying, well, give him more money and give him more time. That didn't work for two world-class proven managers in Van Hall and Jose Mourinho. Now, it's a little bit different with the Mourinho and the third-year curse and everything like that. But who in God's name would say, well, yes, give Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, who's done nothing manager-wise, and give him all this money and whoever he wants to play with? So so here's the thing. So so back, back to your comment about the, the defensive players, PK. So last week, I, I think something I said may have been – a little bit misconstrued. I, I wasn't saying that we didn't need to go get a center back. Like I, I think getting Harry Maguire was absolutely a, a must get. And I think that was number one, number two priority was, was a, a um, class uh, and, and good center back. But I don't know that Juan Bissaka was a necessity. You know, we, we knew at some point we were going to have to get an upgrade at that, at that position. I, I still contend that I think Delo should have been given an opportunity um, I think the effort and the focus should have been on on getting a midfielder that could play alongside Pogba. I think that's the big problem. I think we continue to uh, the the board and Woodward continue to put this half squad out there, this incomplete squad out there for for these managers trying to to sort it out and like okay, get out there and, and get top four, you know, with with what ends up being a, a um, you know an incomplete. Uh, an incomplete team. Now, I, I still I think Ollie's the right guy. I, I, he's a United guy. He's a guy that he, he gets the club. He gets the fans. He gets the history. Uh, he's immediately going to have more patience um, the, from the fans than uh, than uh, the the other coaches that we've had. Um, I believe if he gets the right players, he'll come good. But you see what's going on now with the squad. I don't think the board was doing Jose any favors. I don't think they were doing Van Hall any favors. I don't think those guys were set up to win either. Um, I also don't think they were the right guys for the job. I think Van Hall, it was too late in his career. And I think Jose is just a far too negative manager to be successful at United in, in the Premier League. So, at the end, But what responsibility does Ollie own right now? I, I think the big thing that he owns is that I don't see 
changes happening in the game or at half to turn around what's going on. If if it's a lackluster performance, there's nothing changing uh, that comes from him that shows the team's going to take a different shape, a different plan of attack, anything. It's just, it continues to be this, this one dimensional attack. Um, And then far worse at Newcastle, we, we couldn't even get that going and there were no changes. So he, he, he's got a lot to blame, but at the end of the day, I think he's being given time and and patience from the board and from Woody to, to sort out. I don't think he's in danger of losing a job anytime soon. No, I don't think he's in any time at all, but you know, I'll let, I'll let PK to get on with the show, but I'm just saying from what we've seen this year, it's gone absolutely backwards. It's negative, immature football. Well, and we started the youngest team in the EPL on opening day. Um, is that, you know, we we're proud of that in a moment, but, you know, immature football, is that what we expect or should expect? We don't because it's Manchester United, but maybe it's what we should. Yeah, I think when you look at the state of football right now, I, I saw a, a uh, graphic the other day and was showing the age of Messi and and um, who barely played. Uh, right. But you see the ages of Messi and Ronaldo and you got Schweinsteiger who's retiring and and, you know, Zlatan's getting towards the end of his career. Like we are exiting this golden era of football that, you know, I don't think we'll really fully appreciate what we had until 10 years down the road. And it's like, you know, we, we go back and we're starting talking about how great this era was. You look at the Bayern Munich teams, like the, they were stacked from top to bottom and, and all those players are now retiring and they're all moving on. So I think our young age, I think is a, is a product of just the, uh, the situation um, that we, uh, that football season itself right now, I think there's a change in the guard. You know, Mbappe right now for PSG is is how old is he now? He's like 19, 20? 19 or he's 20. Ex- he's 20. Yeah, he's extremely young, and he's by far one of the best players in the world. So I don't know that starting the youngest Premier League team in the league is necessarily a bad thing. It, what concerns me is that we don't have that one or two guys that are going to be proven leaders and g- can go out there and we can rely on consistently. You know, Daniel James, as great as he's looked those first few games – He's not going to be great game in and game out. He's too young. He's too inexperienced. He needs guys around him that are going to help him out and, and kind of help make up for those mistakes that he makes mid-game or, or pick him up when he's starting to find some inconsistent form. And we just don't have that because the board didn't go out and get it. So if you look at the class of 92, um, you know, as great as Skulls was, as great as Beckham was, as great as Giggs, but all the guys, they still built around – guys like Cantona, they still built around guys like Keane. They were still directed by guys like Fergie. There's, if you can tell me that we're going to build a team around the youth, but there's no one above 25, 26, except for maybe Harry Maguire that you could say, all right, cool. Yeah. We've got a direction on the field. We have a direction in the front office. This is how the team's going to roll. And that's just scary to me that they're just gonna gonna you know jump in the washing machine and circle around. It's a huge mistake. There's no doubt about that. It's definitely not 1992 anymore, and we definitely don't have those leaders. I mean, that's for sure. And that the other thing is, it's not like as if in 1992 they threw all of those guys on the field constantly. No, no it was an easing. No, it was no. it was an easing in strategy of of what it was. You know, and we've they, got they they did not say, "Hey, you're Manchester United, go." 
Yeah. When, you know, Daniel James, I love him. I love his passion. You know, there's not a lot of bad things you could say about a guy, but you cannot depend on him. Not but game Cla- in and game out and expect him, you know, to, to perform like that. There's just no way. Class of 92, we won the Champions League treble in 97. There's, there's a seven-year gap in that title. Sure. Let that Just let that sink. I mean, I... We, we, we have some talent here growing up, but, uh, you know, there's seven years it'll, between. Yeah, it'll between get there. Then. It'll get there. And I always believe when you say, you know, in two or three years and everything like that, it'll get there. It's just right now we shouldn't be as far down as we are right now. And I, I don't think we can. I don't think we can assume it's going to get there, though, because the only way it's going to get there is if we stick this out and we and we let these guys work through it and and play game in and game out. And we just roll with what's going on and. I don't think the fan base has the patience for it. And at some point, you know, if we continue to miss Champions League, United's only going to be able to do so much to try to recoup the money in other ways where it's going to start to cause a financial burden, and then that's not going to be okay either. So, Well, it's, it's, it's not only the financial burden, but it's getting players here. How many players want true. to come to yep. Manchester United right now? None. Really? You're, you're thinking, oh, we'll have all this money in the winter. We're Manchester United. will be able to get – those days are over, guys. We got, yeah. you know, we got to get out of that that mindset. Like those days are completely over. I'm not saying nobody at all would want to come here, but you know, we can't just pick and choose anymore. No, of who we want to get and go and go get that type of player. We can't do that anymore. But I also hate when you know we can, we'll get excited about you know the the midfielder who scored for us from Newcastle. Oh, guys, well this is who we're being linked to. Boy, he looks fantastic. It's like really, is that the only talent we can recruit these days? Yeah, I, I hate to say it, but we we live in an era where you have you're going to have to splash the cash. I I think for so long we wanted to to beat the drama of we develop our players, you know, we make our own, and and when City was starting to spend all that money and they were starting to look like they were going to challenge for the title, you know, we we still looked on to Fergie to say, listen, this is this is the United way, and this is going to be how we're going to do it. And I just I think those days are gone. I think we're well, going to have. I don't think those days are gone for us. I think those days are gone for soccer in general. I think yes. that's a good point. Yeah. Yep. I, yeah, I, yep. I, I think there's more teams. I mean, you look at Liverpool compared to City, which are the the steady points right now. And City's just not getting the draws that they, they need to, which, God, I hope they do because they're their only hope that, you know, those, uh, those, those, those Scousers to not win the Champions league. league and then a title. But I warned, I warned everybody, Pep, he's a very just intensive guy. It's hard to play with him for well, him day and, and after day. You look, you look at those guys. He takes that, all the air out of the room. The, the first championship was City six years ago. And Aguero's still on the team. You know, there's a lot of guys still around. They're aging. Yep. They're getting older. Um, yeah. you, you look at Liverpool, they're thin. They're an injury or two away from a losing streak. Um that's where this is where the league is. I, there's more teams in more countries pulling players away from the EPL. When the EPL started, it, it was the cream of the crop. That's where you wanted to play. And now La Liga, a little bit of Paris, um, Italy's making a resurgence. The Bundesliga is booming. Uh, there, there's just it, the the player pool is just more spread out over Europe than it's ever been. Well, and you just ask yourself, what, what does that do for us in the future, then? 
you got to develop youth. You know, that's what you got to do. I guess that's what it always comes back to. But but you got to have a couple senior guys in there that know what the hell they're doing. Which we don't. We'll, uh, Which we don't. I, we have De Gea. You know, I mean, how many times have you guys seen De Gea run up for a goal late in the game? First time this Sunday. Yeah, no. Yeah, I mean. It's just... And Rhett, Rhett and I are like, oh, De Gea's in the box on a late-end <laughs> corner. Like, he, he, he might be the one to, to end it. You know, the end the 220 game or, you know, whatever day drought that we haven't scored a set piece on. It's unbelievable. Yeah, the, that's why I, I don't even like talking about stats anymore. They're just, I think that's the most downright depressing. A wise just, man, a wise man told me stats are for losers. Why they are. <laughs> you win a game, no one cares about stats. So we've so, got the inter, or go ahead. No, you go ahead, sir. Carry on, no, please. I was going to say we've we've got the international break coming up. Thank God. Uh, <laughs> yeah, a weekend we don't have to watch our team. Yep. Fantastic. No. no. Um, you know the U.S. Uh, Sergeant and uh, Tim Ream are going to be with the United States team in the Concacaf uh, Nations League. <sighs> Fellas, as soccer fans, do we care about Nations League? I, I think these nations leagues with what CONCACAF's doing and what uh, Europe is doing with the European League, I, I, I think it's ruining um, international soccer in that I think it's going to really isolate certain countries um, from being able to really grow and be competitive. I, I think the two things forming, I think, is the worst thing that could happen for U.S. and Mexico. And, and Klinsman came out and spoke out about it the other day and so many people want, want to discount what Klinsman says, but I, I think he realizes the U.S. and CONCACAF, in order for it to grow, need to do a lot of things dramatically different than what they're doing. And unfortunate for us, you know, when you've got Europe trying to get more cash out of the, their international games and, and create this this new league, it, it left CONCACAF trying to figure out what they were going to do. And, and, so now, uh, and so now we've got our own. I don't care. And, and it's, I don't want to watch it because I know it's just going to keep us from being able to play really good competitive games against teams that are going to help prepare us for the world cup. You know, our only shot now is, is hopefully maybe we'll start getting invited more comable. Um, um, uh, the, uh, what's, what's that tournament called down at the, the, um, Copa America. And uh, you know, hopefully, we'll start getting invited to that tournament more. But if we if we don't, who are we playing? We're just going to be playing guys in Concacaf, and we know beyond Mexico and, and Costa Rica, there's really not the best competition out there. So it's a huge setback for the U.S. to to have to to play in this competition, and it's it's frustrating as a as a U.S. fan who, you know, you see guys like Pulisic and Sargent starting to come through, and you're thinking, all right, you know, maybe this new era is going to start coming through. Well, who are they going to play? Nobody. So no, I'm I'm not excited. Yeah, when you see him take a break from international because they're playing better in Europe, it's it's a big statement, right? Ryan, what do you think about the the whole, you know, league of whatever we're trying to do over here? I don't, I don't follow it. Um, not half as close as any of you guys do. I mean, it's I love watching you know Copa America and the different things in there, but every time, like, oh, USA is playing. Who are they playing today? Turning bag of Tobago. I didn't, playing, I didn't even know they played. Know, I didn't even know they played today. Are they playing? <laughs> I, I don't know. They. It's it's never a big feature. And yeah, we don't live in Spain. We don't play Italy, Germany. You know all the other guys, and they're not big drawing games like that. But it's like, I just I'm sorry, I just don't care. I'll watch 
something, something else has got to be on. <laughs> I'm sorry. But yeah. <laughs> I gotcha. So speaking of, uh, we're going to go into the region, into the local St. Louis FC has their last home game this weekend. They play, uh, the Pittsburgh river hounds Saturday, seven 30, uh, you know, bring your booties, bring your, your park. It's going to be a chilly night at the park. It'll be a cold night. Um, you know, they're still in playoff position, uh, despite their recent form. They, Wednesday, last night was a disaster against Loudon. Um, you know, it's, let's get them back in the playoffs. Let's cheer them on. They're our our local club. I'm going to finally go to a match. So it's going to be fun. Good. Bring bring your license plate, by the way. (laughs) Yes. You know what? I'm downstairs. And I thought about that the other day. I'm like, you know what? I haven't done that all year. I need to search for it and find it. I promise. And I have it. I have it right here. I'm tapping on it. It is right there. I promised friend of the podcast, Good. GM of St. Louis FC, Jeremy Allenball, that you would hand him that license plate. Uh, Ryan, what's that license plate say? It says STLFC on it. I've been a terrible fan this year, but I was lucky one day at the DMV. I said, you know what? I'm going to see if this is open. It was. Been a happy man ever since. You know, what's funny is you see these STLFC 1, STLFC 2, STLFC 3 license plates <laughs> popping up. <laughs> And uh, they're all thinking, who's that damn guy uh, that got the our boy on the podcast? (laughs) (laughs) Our boy on the podcast, numero uno. It was was lucky, man. So they had announced a team, and it must have been three and a half, four months later. It may have been just when they were starting to sell tickets. It may have been when my brother Dan Cassad was talking to at the ticket slinger STL there, PK, way back when about buying season tickets way back when. And I'm, I'm like, I'm just going to go on there and see if it's available. There's no way it is. So if it wasn't, I was going to do some, you know, gigs 11, something, you know, soccer yeah. there. But it was on there, man. I couldn't believe it. I could not believe it. You know, you know what's funny is after the, the recent events with all the things, the amount of people that reached out and said, you know what? I'm, I'm glad you pressured me into buying season tickets. I was like, well, it paid, <laughs> paid for my electricity. <laughs> so so I'm, I'm glad you did, too. Uh, Matt's got a very important subject here to bring up. I think we can all relate to. Um, Matt, bring it up. Let's go. Yeah, just, just to wrap it up, today is Mental Health uh, Awareness Day. And just something I, you know, I've been seeing a lot of people sharing uh, their stories and, and what's going on with them uh, on social media. And as, as someone who has, uh, has gone through anxiety and depression and, and just some other things that I needed to change in my life, um, I, I'm just grateful that this topic is starting to become more mainstream and people aren't afraid of talking about it because one of the most damaging things that can happen is when people think that they're alone and no one else out there can get it or no one else, no one can reach out and help them. And so I share that today, share that I'm someone who is, uh, who's part of that community so that, you know, we realize we're not alone and, and PK and I, you know, you you and I have a lot of conversations offline and you remind me, you know, this life, life's team sport, we're in it together. And, um, you stole stole my comments. (laughs) It's such a good comment, and it's you know, and I, I share that with other people too because it's like we're we're in this thing together. So I share that because if if you need help, there's people out there. I'm out there, it, you know. I I'm willing to listen, and and um, you know, I I have to reach out to people all the time, or I'm gonna I'm gonna lose my sanity, and I'm, I'm not gonna be the guy who I want to be. So I just think it's important to to not be afraid to ask for help. 
to, to go to your doctor, to, to do whatever it is you need to do to, to make yourself feel better. You don't have to do it alone. So, uh, we, we've been awfully negative this podcast. There's a lot of not so great stuff, uh, going on in the world of United, but you know, I just, I thought we could end it with something positive, something good that, uh, it's cool seeing it being something that we can actually be open and honest about today. So, that's all I got with that. Uh, Very cool, man. Hundred percent, man. Cool. Uh, me and Matt have grown closer this year because we both have things going on. Um, you know, there's other people going on. There's other things going on with your life um, that people can relate to. Just reach out. Hey, things aren't easy right now. You'll be you'll be surprised how many of your friends are going through the same thing. So, uh, Matt, thanks for bringing that up. That's awesome. Yep. Thanks, Matt. That's good stuff. And real quick, um, just wanted to say what PK had said on. Uh, last week's podcast and it kind of ties the two together that this is more um, good stuff Manchester United feely dealy stuff you always get to escape when we play Saturdays and Sundays we watch them for those two hours he coined it perfectly that's exactly what I thought about going on in my life you know everybody does have struggles with things like that but man it is it's nice to sit down just kind of lose yourself for a while especially um, going down to Amsterdam and sharing that time with your friends. I, I'll, I'll always remember what Clive Charles, Clive Charles was the coach of the University of Portland. I got to meet him for a week. Uh, one of the best people I've ever met. He passed away of prostate cancer when I was in college. Uh, he coached the 2000 Olympic team that, that won a bronze. Um, he always said, as long as you play football with a smile on your face, you'll never lose. And I think that's what we should end Very the cool. show with. It's awesome. Um, yep. I don't know how the new editing works, but those are the golden tones of uh, the stoned roses. I've got Matt Hutchinson with me, <laughs> Ryan Cass out. Stoned roses? <laughs> Whatever. The golden touches. Uh, anyway, so that, that's our show tonight on the new platform. I hope you guys like it. Um, we'll have a better host next week when Rhett returns. Uh, thanks for listening to tonight, guys. Hutch, good luck editing all of this. Thanks for listening. Come on, you Reds. Come on, you Reds. Come on, you Reds. And don't get hurt on international break. We'll see you next week before Liverpool. Peace.